This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 392. Chris and Marie Bowman on multidimensional consciousness. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and to those not quite in the United States, happy November 24th, or whatever day you happen to be listening to this specific episode. And hey, speaking of being thankful, I am thankful for hypnotic communities that are designed to not just elevate the entire profession or to elevate the person who runs the community, but really designed to help to elevate the practitioners, the people inside of our world to which it kind of made sense to have Krissa Marie Bowman here on the show once again. That uh, getting to know her over the years and watching the work that she does, watching the evolution of her approach, and then the different communities that she has created, you are in for a rather unique conversation to which this theme of multidimensional consciousness... I'm not going to reveal too much here in the introduction of this episode. I'm going to kind of let a lot of the content really take its shape more so from her definitions, though I would say the thing to kind of listen out for is that this was not necessarily a journey where she sat there and went, hey, I bet people will buy this, or hey, people want this, let me figure out a way to satisfy it. It was instead a little bit more of a personal journey one that had a mixture, as even she would say, of woo-woo, as well as scientific research and discovery, yet at the same time, one of my greater passions and why I'd consider Krissa a friend, this understanding that along the way that, as Bob Burns would say, uh, real or imagined, and kind of leaving that interpretation up for the client, that basically as you hear this system of change that has kind of evolved in her work over the recent years— it becomes something that is easily adaptable, easily blends its, we blends its way into other change modalities, and even allows for interpretation on both the practitioner as well as the client's behalf. And make sure you pay special attention to the dialogue that we have around her sort of what many of us would call the post-hypnotic suggestions, the post-hypnotic interview, the stuff you say after the hypnosis is over with. Wink. For those of you picking up exactly what I'm saying there, the entire process is about hypnotic suggestion. Yet the way that she frames what to be aware of over the next few days, the way that she puts the client on the alert to look for what's different and what has changed, which is something that every single one of us could model inside the work that we do. And this is one of those aspects that uh, is part of why I invited Krissa back on this program that her approach to training, her approach to really being, yes, a leader in this industry is one of, here's something that I'm working on, here's something that I'm discovering, let's gather together and explore this together. It's not, again, as what I've read in some other books, literally, as well as picked up metaphorically, it's not the students seated at the feet of the master pointing up and saying, look how amazing they are. It's instead this symbiotic relationship of let's all let this begin to morph and grow together. And that's where I'd say check out the show notes over at 
worksmarthypnosis.com. You can find the links to chrissamariebowman.com. Just head worksmarthypnosis to a search. Chrissa is spelled K-R-Y-S-S-A. The rest of it is spelled as you would assume. <laughs> and uh, we'll leave Cynthia... We'll leave Cynthia out of the introduction, but this cryptic reference to Cynthia will make a whole lot more sense as you listen to this conversation, which we'll put again the links to the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com, plus the uncensored community that censor, that, uh, censored, no, that Krissa operates over on Facebook. And while you're there too, check out worksmarthypnosislive.com. This is the live and online training and certification program that I co-train along with Dr. Richard Nongard. Uh, One part of it is about phenomenon-based change. Your client's got to feel the change process occurring. Otherwise, it does become the, I felt relaxed, I guess something happened. And how do we create the process where the client can ratify that something is different even as the change process is occurring? And my favorite phrase around this is eliminating the game of fingers crossed, hope it works, let me know that along with Richard Nongard bringing in this evidence-based approach to hypnosis that, and this is a big part of the conversation that you're about to have hear me have here with Krissa, of finding the evidence basis, finding the data, the research that does support the theme, but also pointing back to the efficacy of what we do. Simply put, that's the conversation we ought to be having in this 21st century. So what I'd recommend to do is head over to worksmarthypnosislive.com. There is an entire video at the top of that page that gives you a full tour and helps to reveal exactly what's unique about this training program, that it's not just those people who are brand new to hypnosis and seeking certification. There turns out to be quite a number of frustrated hypnotists. And because of that, this is a training program that often brings in people who perhaps you're not yet getting the results that you want. You're not yet as confident as you would wish to be in your sessions. You're stuck inside of scripted techniques and rigid protocols, and you're ready to really branch out to confident, creative, and flexible hypnosis. Head over to worksmarthypnosislive.com, watch the video tour, reserve your spot in the next event. And here we go. And again, I will not try to claim too much expertise in this topic. I will let it be Chris and Marie Bowman's. Then again, I did go as Dr. Strange for Halloween this year. This is all just planting seeds for this phenomenal conversation. Here we go. Session number 392, Chris and Marie Bowman on multidimensional consciousness. When I was last on your show, I was just starting to get a little bit involved with the more spiritual side of hypnosis and not because I sought it out, but because I kept having clients that were spontaneously going into past life regressions. And so at that time, it was like a year and a half ago or something, the jury was still out as far as my own belief systems on this, because, you know, I was raised rather woo-woo and then went through a whole rebellious phase and was like hardcore science all the way. And so when this started happening in my sessions, uh, I was like, well, maybe it's just a model. Maybe this is just what they need in order to allow themselves to, um, you know, release whatever the issue is or step into whatever the next uh, level of their life is. Maybe it's maybe it's not necessarily true that it's an actual past life regression. But I got enough of them that I started researching it. And I was like, okay, I this is, keeps happening. I'm not necessarily doing it intentionally, so I better know what's going on. And um, 
so I took some courses and I read a whole lot of books and I watched a whole lot of YouTube videos of various live sessions. And I was like, okay, okay, I feel like I have a better understanding of what's going on here. So then I started intentionally taking people into, now I call it the quantum realm because we, even though now I started taking people into what I thought were going to be past life regressions and we would end up in other places, Jason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I kept ending up in past lives when I wasn't intending to. Now that we're intending to go to past lives, we keep ending up in um, other areas altogether, Akashic Records perhaps, where we find a person's soul contracts or maybe other lifetimes that aren't necessarily past. That's a whole other issue. Um, but the most amazing thing was in these sessions, I found myself talking to a part of the person's consciousness that was beyond their subconscious. And so there's lots of words for this in other, uh, in, the, in the jargon of other, you know, hypnotists and trainers. It could be your superconscious, your highest self, your highest wisdom state, you know, all these things. And that's kind of what I thought was going on. Um, take your pick as far as which verbiage you choose to use. But in all of these cases, this part of the person knew everything about the person from before birth and was also able to affect their subconscious mind in more effective ways than I could as the hypnotist. So have you ever had a, um, a client where like you work with them several times and they make some progress, but then they sort of get stuck and you're dealing with them on that subconscious level and uh, they're just not, they're not getting where they want to be. And so then I started appealing to this highest consciousness or highest wisdom state and it would have a talk with the subconscious parts. And bam, suddenly they make these changes. And every once in a while, I would talk like direct voice, like their own highest self would be speaking through them. So this is not me somehow psychically figuring out what's going on. I am not psychic. Um, I would ask the questions, they would answer in their own words. And it, sometimes we would find out that the reason why they haven't made the changes that they would like to make is because that's not where they're at yet. They're not ready yet. Their highest consciousness could say that, their subconscious could not. And so when that started happening, you know, jaw dropping to the floor, mind expanding left and right, I basically started inviting my own highest self into my sessions. Because I felt a little out of my own like league, to be honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I have all these skills and all this education and everything, but like I'm in territory that I am not all that familiar with. Um, but apparently my highest self was. And so uh, I would go into a bit of a trance along with my clients. And um, I, I record everything for their sake, because now that I'm doing it this way, they the, the process itself naturally takes them into a much deeper state of trance and they don't often remember the sessions. Um, they might for about 10 minutes, maybe 30 at the most, but then like by the next day, most of it's gone. So I record everything. So I get to hear myself while I'm in the state of trance, because sometimes I am like, you know, I know what's going on and I'm facilitating, but I'm kind of right there with them yeah. in that quantum field. There's a way that you entered this a few moments ago, uh, which a question comes to mind that, you know, here was what you were running into. Here's what you were discovering with your clients. And it wasn't that you just went, oh, that's what people want. I'll just do that now. You went off on your own journey of exploration and research. So I'd be curious if there's an answer to this. 
was there a belief system that you were holding on to before that then whether it was through experience or some of this, you know, research that you found something to go, okay, I, I'm looking at this from a different angle now. I'm looking at this from a different filter. Uh, yes. There were some things that became further validated and then some things that completely caused me to upend my previous belief system. So, and I, you know, I consider myself um, agnostic for the most part. I mean, we can't know what we don't know, period, the end. We can have faith, but that's not the same thing as a, as, as quantifiable knowledge, right? So there were some things that I believed in because I myself had had a near-death experience that was pretty out there, but it could be, you know, hey, maybe that's just neurons firing at that moment of near death, uh, but it could be something grander and more spiritual than that. I have left the margins open for um, to be informed as opposed to just coming down on one side or the other. Yeah. But what has happened is that when I initially thought maybe this is just a model that people that my clients were needing in order to work through whatever they were working through. Now I'm actually like, okay, there does definitely seem to be something to the um, multidimensional consciousness is what I'm calling it, but that there's so much more to us and the world than just our conscious mind and the model of our subconscious. That everything has a consciousness. Did you talk us through that step of it though, where you said it was this other part, this other part of the mind that was then, you know, communicating or needing to be addressed, let's say beyond subconscious? Yeah, well, first of all, it would talk about the client in the third person. Hmm. So, for example, it would say, and what Jason really needs to understand right now is that it's okay to just let go of XYZ. Or what Jason um, has been struggling with the most is thinking that he needs to hold on to ABC in order to keep himself safe from you know, whatever. And then it would give specific instructions. I would say, I would ask, what, what, what do you suggest Jason does in order to release this or acquire this or understand this or transform that? And it would say something, for example, actually I had a client where it was very specific and it's uh, her highest consciousness or highest self, who turned out to be male, by the way, even though the client is female, and that's not uncommon, um, said she needs to sit out under this specific tree every morning that she can and meditate on the word trust for 20 minutes. And all I did was ask, this came out of her own mouth. Yeah. And so when, when they start speaking in the third person about the client, referring to the, the client by their name, that's, what, that's when I know, like, okay, I'm definitely talking to um, a much grander, wiser, larger part. <laughs> <laughs> and um, sometimes it has a different name. Not always, but most of the time, if I ask, you know, what is your name? It might come to the client right away or it might like just one syllable will come. And then by the end of the session, the full name will come. And then other times it's it's not different. And I don't know what the difference is. Again, like I leave margin for um, being informed and educated by my clients while we're having these sessions. So this is the question to have some fun with here which is you have both sides of the brain of here's a belief system that was there, here's another direction you went, and then being pulled in the direction by the experiences with your clients. I don't even have an answer to this, and I'm curious to see where it goes. How would you simultaneously explain as well as debunk this, but then end up at the same result? 
<laughs> ah, well, this comes up frequently, actually. And I yeah, work with yeah. a lot of clients who are not necessarily spiritual. And so what I do is I say, I, I basically give the pre-frame of, of parts therapy. Yeah. Except that I say that there is a part of you that all the other parts listen to. There's a part of you that is much bigger and grander than, than all that you think that you are. There's a part of you that is, we know now, energetically in communication with many other parts of many other people, perhaps everyone, like the collective unconscious, right? There's a consciousness to a person's pain. There's a consciousness to a tumor. There's a consciousness to a belief. There's a consciousness to an experience. There's a consciousness to the relationship between two people. There's a, it just goes on and on. And so I don't know what that means. I'm constantly being informed and educated. But when I pre-frame this for my clients, I say, so here's this part that we're going to access because it's actually way smarter than I am as the hypnotist. <laughs> I'm going to let you guide this session and I'm going to basically be a facilitator and a translator. I'm going to ask the right questions so that we can get the answers that you need from essentially yourself. But it's not coming from the person's conscious mind. And they're often incredibly surprised to hear their responses most of the time. That's a really that's a really cool way of framing that and it allows for you know, interpretation, be it literal, be it metaphorical, or just this openness. I I flash back to a session that I did with someone who was operating as a chaplain in the Navy, and into the session to kind of reveal the question, she goes, did I bring you there or did you bring me there? Right. And it was after some quick regression off of something, and she went into something very different. And I said, look, I can even send you the video of me teaching this method to my students that the whole thing about never leave the witness, open-ended questions, what's going on, what's that feeling, uh, what's happening now, it's never who's there and what are they doing, it's all open-ended questions. She goes, so I brought you there. I go, apparently so. And she just sits back for a moment and she goes, well, that changes a few things now, doesn't it? <laughs> I have had those kinds of situations too, especially there was one woman who, um, Seventh-day Adventist, who ended up having not a past life experience, but I guess what, what we would call a parallel life experience it was an experience of another human currently alive elsewhere on the planet that she had memories of. <laughs> This is something that I'd never even like considered. So then I started researching it because mm -hmm. that's what happens is the thing happens in a session and I'm like, could this be something that other people have experienced or is this maybe just a model that's unique to this client that they needed to you know, break through whatever it is that they are trying to work on? Um, it turns out that this is not an uncommon experience among the crowd that does, you know, past life regression. So I don't even call it past life regression anymore. I just call it other life experiences because this has happened yeah. a few times now. So anyway, but that's maybe a little bit more on the woo side than even I'm thoroughly comfortable with discussing because honestly, and it's not that I um, dismiss it. It's that I don't, I don't understand it well enough to really, I don't, I don't have an explanation. I know that there is way more that I don't know than what I do. And every day that I do this changes my um, perception of everything. I will make a quick reference here, which I very clearly will not say any direct names, but anyone out there who's placing strategic guesses, yeah, him. Um, <laughs> someone who was known very much in the 1970s and 80s around trying to debunk specific people making claims. Yeah, that one. Um, 
There's yes. someone who I know who was hired to be on the committee with this um, individual, and he walked away from it because they had a few moments where there wasn't an explanation that could easily be defined. And rather than say, let's explore this further, the um, amazing person leading this team, there's the biggest wink I could give, uh, basically deleted the data and said, let's move on to the next one. Wow. And it it goes back to this whole, you know, constant topic of mine of absolutism. And I'm trying not to speak from my level of expertise here, because clearly I did go as Dr. Strange for Halloween <laughs> this year. Yes. So, um, but the, the phrase, to quote my very um, <laughs> cryptic reference of the friend who worked with a person who I then was no longer believing was as amazing as he was once positioned to be, let's wrap up that little nugget, um, was that he goes, well, the brilliant thing, though, the fascinating thing is we can neither prove or disprove. So what would happen if we were open to the idea? And what would happen if we were willing to explore it and ask further questions rather than, as he goes, why he left that committee, shut the door, lock it and just go, nope, not a thing. Well, isn't that the entire foundation of, of scientific exploration, though, Jason? The moment that we stop questioning the moment that we stop being curious, the moment that we say, oh, well, this is understood completely and thoroughly and there's nothing more to be uh, grasped here and close the, the chapter is the moment that exploration in that particular area just ceases to exist. And isn't it fascinating that 15 minutes ago we started this conversation by asking you, what's a shift in belief systems that you've had? Look at that. It all comes together. It totally does. Richard <laughs> Feynman has um, one of my favorite quotes of all time about this. And he said, I would rather have questions that can't be answered than answers that can't be questioned. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And I live by that, you know? Um, I think some people might find it a little disjointing to have your own belief system sort of upended on such a regular basis, but I find it exciting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm just you know, like, you... oh, oh, that's new. That's different. But I also am that person who loves putting puzzles together and doing riddles and, you know, games and trying to figure out the mysteries behind this and that and the other. And so um, just keeping an open mind is the, the most important part and getting excited when things do match up sometimes, you know, and you go, oh, look at that. Well, so. we should always be open to new knowledge and new belief systems as long as we're careful not to fall off the edge of the earth. Exactly. Although I'd be curious, the, the sort of post-session wrap-up. I'm imagining this approach. There's some, <laughs> yep, there's the knowing laughter. Let me at least finish the question so people can know where we're going this. Uh, it's often not as linear, you know. <laughs> Pre-talk, you're a smoker. Post-session wrap-up, you're no longer a smoker. High five. Good on you. Right. Uh, it's not always that literal i'm imagining what what has been that experience of the the, the conversations after the session so <laughs> most of the time the person has some memory of what happened in the session for about 10 to 30 minutes afterwards and so they're in a bit of a state of loopy shock they're excited <laughs> they're curious they're confused they're a little blown away and they're like did i really say all that was that really me? And I'll say, yeah, in fact, I recorded it just so that we all like know for sure that that was you. Um, and usually like we just do a little bit of a deconstruction of it. They're like, so 
so why was my inner healer's name Cynthia? <laughs> you know, and I go, well, that's something I can't tell you. That's good. That's between you and your inner healer. But, you know, do you remember what your inner healer did? And so when they recall like, oh, yeah, there was that body scan. And when we got to the emotional body, there was that that like mass that I felt in my right abdomen. And now, like, I don't I feel so good. What what did you do? And I'm like, I I didn't do that. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. That was just me being the facilitator and translator for, for the the wisest, most compassionate, most loving part of you. That is there anything you're doing in that moment to let that exploration, let's say, become part of the change process? Always. So um, one of the things I say. So here's like my basic post talk. Um, you know, first of all, it's like, okay, welcome back, sunshine, <laughs> after they're fully emerged <laughs> and they're sort of bleary eyed and like, what, huh? Where did I go? What was that? Um, and while they're still processing, and sometimes they tell me a little bit about some of the internal stuff that they uh, noticed that they didn't express verbally, um, I say, okay, so uh, I'm going to keep you here in either the Zoom room or the office for a little bit because I want to make sure that you're fully out of trance before, you know, we disconnect or I let you go. Um, be prepared to be thirsty for whatever reason. I don't understand. This work does seem to dehydrate. So keep that, you know, body hydrated and the energy flowing. You might get more tired than usual, earlier than usual tonight, but probably feel like you're absolutely on top of the world and, you know, like like a huge weight has been lifted between now and then. Just go with it. Enjoy that moment. Enjoy, you know, the rest of the day. And then in the morning, this is the most important thing. Um, and I say, you know, usually... It's considered to be true, although I don't know that we have quantifiable proof of this, but it's considered to be true that it takes one full REM cycle for a lot of this stuff to really sort of like um, cement itself, dig those, those grooves across your psyche. So in the morning when you wake up, this is the most important thing. I want you to wake up looking for evidence of the positive changes. Nice. Don't wake up going, well, did it work? It doesn't seem like it worked. Where's that pain again? Oh, there it is. It's right to the left. Okay. You know, like wake up looking for evidence that everything that we did today is working. And then what happens is simply by noticing that there is evidence that there's improvement, it will build upon itself over the coming hours, days, weeks, months, years. And um, that that usually gives them a pretty, you know, and I, I also put that in my emerge, which, by the way, Jason, I still use your uh, ego strengthening to emerge. I've altered it a little bit, but it's still oh, cool. pretty much the same. Yeah. The one that I found in Karen Han Harper's book, Magic Words. Um, I think that's what it's called, right? Magic Words. Yes. Yeah. I still use that pretty closely. I, I've altered a few things. I altered the fourth one, but, you know, counting out one to five, bringing the energy back up, all that stuff. Um, and so then it's already built in because I'm telling them that, you know, as you're going through the coming days, weeks, months of your life, you're going to continue to see these beautiful changes. And every time you notice one of these beautiful changes, these transformations, these, these positive um, responses, it's going to continue to set your uh, ability to notice more, which you and I know, and most of your audience knows, is the job of your reticular activating system. Coupled with some confirmation bias, but we want their confirmation bias to be looking for the positive as opposed to the negative, right? So that's my basic post talk. Which that's um, that's great for nearly any kind of process. Yeah. That it's <laughs> look for what is happening as opposed to what isn't happening. Look through the filter of what you want to be different rather than 
you know, I don't use this specific language with my clients, but it's where sometimes we get into that cycle of looking for all the reasons why something didn't work. Exactly. Unfortunately, the rhythm that they've likely been before they reach out to us. Yes. Yep. And so, you know, even though I'm working at this more sort of quantum level, quote unquote, it's all very applicable to the practical pragmatic, you know, level, the more traditional um, hypnotic methodology. There's nothing about it that's particularly, you know, bizarre or unusual. Um, it's just that we're talking to a different part of the client's consciousness. And they always find it pretty interesting. Like, you know, I've had clients with cancer, for example, when I talk to the cancer and the cancer responds through the client's own mouth, through their words. I don't know what else to call that except for the cancer itself must have some amount of consciousness. I can talk to a belief, you know, there's just like an ego states or parts therapy where you talk to a certain part. Well, that's kind of the same thing as talking to a belief, right? It's, it's something that is both within the mind, but also sort of bigger than just our awareness. Because if it were something that we could just simply be aware of and change, then they wouldn't be in our office, right? Yeah. So we're talking to parts of them that they can't talk to themselves uh, easily or directly and bringing that communication to the forefront. So it is direct. It has this modified, let's say, I, I think the real question as well as the answer is that this has just kind of added more flexibility to your hypnotic process than anything. Yeah, yep. And so the method that I'm currently teaching is called quantum journeys hypnosis. And the beauty of this is uh, it's it's got a, a particular induction that does take a person to a near somnambulistic state, which seems to be pretty key because as soon as you can get that conscious you know, critical faculty out of the way that's always observing and, and, and asking like, is this real or is this my imagination? To which I always just answer yes. <laughs> and they say, is it this or this? I go, yes. But anyway, um, when we can get that out of the way and then I take them to what I call the hallway of answers, we sort of let them pick the door so they could go anywhere. And this is why this particular um, course would be better suited towards people who already have some understanding of hypnosis because sometimes they'll go to a door that isn't part of my standard protocol, but you'll have to help them feel it out because that's where their highest consciousness is taking them. The beauty of this though, is that you can also intentionally take them to other places. And so who's to say that behind one of those doors, there isn't uh, Freddie Jackwin's arrow technique, for example right? Who's to say that behind one of those other doors, there isn't um, meeting their own internal family. I mean, really it's, it's up to the practitioner. Um, yeah. But it's, it's also very much led by the client because the client is choosing the door. And the way that I do that is once we get to the, the hallway of answers, I just say, one of those doors is going to make itself known to you in some way or another. Let me know when you know which one it is. And then I help them sort of flesh it out. So then they're like, oh yeah, I see a door maybe with some light around it or um, it's a different color or whatever it is. Sometimes there's like a butterfly right in front of it or an, a big red arrow sometimes like saying, go here. <laughs> I just let the client figure it out because it's so much more powerful for them. And it continues to take them into a deeper state of trance because they're engaging with their own, um, you know, the visual of what's happening. And so then I, I'll ask them, um, okay, so what side of the hallway is it on? How many doors down? Kind of get them even further associated into it. And then when we're ready to open the door, I just say, okay, take a few moments to, you know, orient yourself to adjust to whatever's on the other side of this door and just let me know whatever it is that you 
are aware of. And I'll say see, sense, feel, or know, because not everybody is visual. So they might get to the other side of the door and just kind of know where they are or get a feel for where they're at. Or they might just have an understanding. Some people are just, their, their sense is more just cognitive. That's me, by the way. I'm not a very visual person, but um, I'm learning how to build that muscle, by the way. But I, I, I didn't start off that way. Um, but I, I was definitely much more just sort of a cognizant person. I wasn't auditory. Uh, I was more kinesthetic and cognizant. So I would just like the information would just drop into my awareness and I go, oh, I'm here, even though I couldn't see it. There's a there, there's a framework that you sort of hinted at there, which I will openly admit <laughs> has become one of my bigger passions in recent years of hypnosis as to where I see a lot of students who are new to this begin to lose confidence is in the transitions. And anything we can do that creates you know, an open-ended, let's say, thematic structure that uh, Richard Nongard does something, and I always get the number wrong, so apologies, like the journey across 32 different doors, and it's a very specific reference to a story that someone else had told, uh, whether it's even something out of NLP like the logical levels or mm-hmm. um, just some sort of structure that, as you mentioned, they can now go behind this door, and that's where this technique occurs. Um, the way that we purposefully oversimplify self-hypnosis with my clients, which would be, as you do this, you can return to that. And it's whatever technique we may have done. Right. You know, what was the most helpful from last time? Control room. Good. Let me teach you a method of self-hypnosis so you can return to that control room. Right. And it's not as dogmatic and it's not as step one is this, step two is that, but it allows for greater flexibility inside of the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you've been teaching some of these components of it, are there have there been any experiences where, let's say, even the students going through it kind of found their own finesse, their own streamlined abilities, their own creativity out of it? Yeah. And actually, um, that just came up recently in the group that I, the Facebook group that corresponds to the course itself, because I've got, you know, the various students that are able to ask questions about it. And one of them was like, so, um, you know, what happens if it seems like I I think that this other technique would work really, really well for the client, but they're already in, you know, the the quantum hallway of answers, but maybe it's a technique that they learned from another hypnotist. And I'll go, yeah, that's door Mm. number three. There you go. Right. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like there's no reason to exclude that. Absolutely. Um, And a lot of it is going to be somewhat intuitively based on the part of the hypnotist, which means that some hypnotists are going to love this protocol. And the ones who really do need a lot of handholding, maybe not so much. But that said, I do structure it so that the very first thing that we do with almost all the sessions is just a little bit of ego states transformation so we can talk to the part of the client that might be in any way hesitant, resistant, worried, concerned, et cetera, about going into a deeper state of trance and doing this work. Um, And that usually takes just about 20 minutes. You know, sometimes we end up there for longer, but I'm going to say on average, it's about 20 minutes. And then when we get into the actual deeper state of trance for the quantum journey itself, go to the hallway of answers, I may and almost always do And I'm not going to say always because there's never any absolutes in my work, but almost always I will lead them to a door that I call the temple of healing, which I borrowed um, 
and also got permission to borrow from David Quigley. And I've expanded upon it and added a lot of other stuff. Actually, I shouldn't say I did. My clients have expanded upon it and added a lot of other stuff that I now have included in there because it's just so beautiful. So that first door that I take clients to, I'll say, and one of those doorways is going to be a doorway to your own temple of healing. And this is where we're going to be able to, to do some healing at a physical level, at an emotional level, and at an energetic level. And let me know when that doorway just reveals itself to you. And then they do. And so that part is somewhat structured. And then there's specific questions that you ask. There's specific questions behind each door, but there's not any specific answers. Like we're not going to intentionally try to herd the client into this place or that place or this answer or that answer. We want it to be very client-led. So once we get to the temple of healing, some clients are immediately right in this big grandiose sort of Greek temple. Others might be out in the middle of a field and there's just a little winding path. Some might be right on the edge of a cliff, like a bluff overlooking a, a roiling ocean. Um, wherever they end up, wherever they land, we work with it. We just work with it. And then we get to the, the whole purpose of going to the temple is to meet their inner healer, which again, I'm always leaving my mind open to be better informed, but here's my understanding of the inner healer thus far. It is basically the consciousness of the cells of our body coming to talk to us, saying what we most need in order to nourish and nurture them, to bring them into a state of optimal health. And really so like that, that will show up yeah. as anything. It could show up as, um, you know, it's usually an archetype. It might show up as uh, if they're if they're going to a Greek Colosseum type temple, it's probably going to show up as somebody in a toga. You know, <laughs> um, sometimes it shows up as like a nature spirit. Sometimes it shows up as just an orb of light. But whatever it is, it does communicate with the client. It will talk to the client directly. And all I do is ask questions. That's all we do. Um, we'll say things like, okay, we want to lay out a buffet table. Have your inner healer please lay out a buffet table with all of the foods that are best for you right now, for your body right now. And these foods will just populate the table. Now, this could all be from the subconscious, right? But here's the thing, Jason. Sometimes these foods are not recognizable by the client. They'll be like, there's something that I don't understand what this is. And so then I'll say, ask your inner healer to put a little label under it in your language. And then they'll be yeah. like, it says quinoa, quinoa, quinoa. I'm like, oh, quinoa? And they're like, yeah, that's right. So, so I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Could, could it still really truly be from the subconscious mind if they're being revealed things that they've never even seen before? And then I also nice. ask them to put a, uh, a trash can next to that banquet table so they can start throwing away the foods that are actually really terrible for the client or beverages. Sometimes It's oftentimes beverages. <laughs> um, and so, and then I'll say like, go ahead and tell me, like, like say them out loud as your inner healer is, and I, I'll, I'll refer to the inner healer as whatever name that they have come up with. Um, for some reason, Cynthia has come up four times. So I use that just as like a generic sort of almost thing because <laughs> four different people have an inner healer named Cynthia. I don't understand why, um, but it, it could be anything. Well, there's, people of my age, that was the name of the doll that Angelica had on the cartoon Rugrats. And there's something that's now, and I'm going to stop there. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to chat about another project of yours that yes. um, of the manifestation group. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you share some on that? 
So um, the Ultimate Manifestation Group is, it's based on the concept of um, wherever you have a group of people coming together and collectively sending their intentional positive thoughts to a recipient, to whatever, it could be anything. In fact, there was... Um, there was uh, a thing that took place at the University of, of Australia or University of Arizona and some students in Australia who were sending intentional positive thoughts to a, a bunch of seeds. And those seeds grew and blossomed and developed much faster and much healthier than the control group of seeds. So anyway, I digress. But it's based on the concept of there being um, anytime you have a group of people, which can happen in a church right? It can happen anywhere. A group of people that are all sending collective, intentional, positive thoughts towards a recipient, um, then that recipient is going to feel that beautiful, beautiful energy. Um, and there's a sizable body of research that explores the nature of this. It's been going on for, you know, at least the last 20 years, maybe longer, um, that shows that thoughts are capable of affecting everything from like the simplest machines. You've, you've, you've run across that research where a human is in front of a keyboard with a, a monitor and they're just supposed to like pick a red or blue. And then the more that they think of one color, the more it shows up, even that's supposed to be totally randomized, right? So this evidence suggests that human thoughts and intentions are actually something, something that has the power to affect our world. Um, in a tangible way, the power to transform. And so that's what the Ultimate Manifestation Group is based on. The purpose of this isn't just to help others. It is, in fact, to help each other. And that, yeah, that's that's that nuance to this that I was really fascinated about. If we're that. on the front line of helping others, then we need to make sure that we ourselves are living in alignment with our highest good, right? And putting ourselves front and center every once in a while so that we can receive the healing that we need so that we can then go on and help with any change work that we're doing in the world. And as you know, because you worked in this particular um, industry for a while, people that are in the alternative healing world tend to make everything about the other, about the client, about the client's success, about you know helping the other and um, putting themselves last. So then in that journey, it begins... Where where does that transition occur then as to part of this is the focus on benefiting someone else? How does that then apply, let's say, back to self? So every time that we are engaging together as a group doing this collectively and sending all of our intentions to somebody else, we are, just as a natural side effect, tapping into each other's energy. Yeah. And by doing that, we are raising each other's vibration, if you want to give it sort of a woo sort of, you know, definition or each other's frequency, just we, we tend to raise higher as a collective. Um, what we've noticed is some really interesting uh, things have come out of this. So as soon as people start finally trusting, speaking their experience out loud, um, and what I mean by that is like, after we've done the 10 minutes of sending this, this uh, intentional positive thought to a recipient, Afterwards, I go around the Zoom room to whoever might be interested in speaking whatever their experience was. Oh, well, I felt this and I saw this and I noticed this. Or, you know, some people, they're very kinesthetic about it. Like I felt in my body there was this thing happening and then I just focused on, you know, releasing it and then it, it felt better. Other people are more like I always have these um, 
these metaphors that pop into my head that speak to whatever the person's experience is or where they need to go, um, or at least according to whatever gave me that metaphor says that they need to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say my <laughs> highest self, maybe. But um, And then other people are, you know, um, not willing to speak up. And so once they get to the place where they are, like we had one woman who just kept saying, um, yeah, I'm not really comfortable with saying what I experienced because I don't trust that. I don't know that. I, I probably don't know what I'm talking about. So we were just like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Just trust whatever it is that comes to you. It's not about being right or wrong. It's just trusting that that little voice that comes in. So finally, she started talking about like her experience. And she was like, well, I'm just sending pink light. I'm just sending pink light. And the pink light is, you know, it feels really good. Um, and I can tell that the client is happy or not the client, but the recipient is feeling good about that. Eventually, after several months, she started trusting what was happening within herself enough to start speaking it out loud. And then suddenly her intuition just skyrocketed. Nice. She started trusting her own, like, and, and intuition is really, what is it? Self-trust, right? So her own self-trust started to get better and better and better simply by being part of this group where she was able to um, just tap into that part of herself in a judgment-free zone. I am a huge fan of yours. Uh, well, you know what? That goes both ways. I'm a huge fan of yours too, Jason. No, the, the, the direction of challenging what you believe and challenging and looking for answers along the way rather than just going, nope, that's not a thing. And uh, let me explore this. And always good to hear what you've been working on. And something that's really to be admired is the way that it always you know, does come along with a let me share this with others. You know where that comes from? Where's that? Not to cut you off too much, but I had a conversation with my own highest self almost exactly a year ago. It was in October mm -hmm. 2021. I had suddenly been faced with all of these like out of the blue unexpected challenges. I was, I had a really unexpected financial loss. I also had to move within 30 days, like yeah. in, a, in an area where there was like zero vac vacancy. Um, it was just like crazy. And so I had this whole conversation with my higher self and I was like, okay, basically I will give you a year and I will do everything that you suggest that I do. Can you please get me out of this like downward spiral? I need help right away. And bam, I found the perfect home. Income started picking up in no small part, thanks to you as well, because you have to take action. You can't just like, you know, expect spirit to take care of all of it. Right. But, um, and, and going through your program helped on the actionable level. But so essentially, I made this pact, this promise, this agreement with my own highest self and said, anything that you suggest I try, I'm going to try. Thank you for, you know, your help. And here's what I'm going to do. Um, not to be all transactional about it. But you know, that was like where I was at at the time. And so I have. And so all of these things that are coming up, out of me in the past year, the, the the group and the quantum journeys, hypnosis, and there's like a book in the works and nice. um, yeah. all these different things. It's all because my highest self keeps saying, okay, here, we're going to go do this now. And I'm like, really? But I haven't finished with the other. And it's like, no, 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 it's okay. You can do them simultaneously. I'm like there's only so much time in the day though. And it's like, no, you just do it. You let us take care of the rest. I don't know why nice. I say yeah. us. Maybe my highest self is more than just one. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. um, basically, yeah. yeah. So it inspires me to take action and then I take the action and then it somehow works. And it also said, just trust, just trust that it's going to like, it will all work out. The opportunities will start coming as long as you're listening to your highest self. And here they are, Jason, here I am on your show. The opportunities are coming.
you just perfectly did the thing I'm probably going to ask you in four minutes of the any final thoughts and um, try to top that now. But we owe it to the <laughs> audience. Um, for uh, for those curious to find out, you know, more about the projects you're working on, the events you've got going on, wh- what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? It's very easy. Uh, go to my website, chrisamariebowman.com. And it's, do you want me to spell that out? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. K <laughs> as in kangaroo, R-Y, S as in Sierra, S as in Sierra, A, Marie, M-A-R-I-E, Bowman, B-O-W-M-A-N.com. Um, And in the menu there, there's a place where it says train with me. There's a place that says um, work with me if you want to have a session. Uh, There's a place where you can join the Ultimate Manifestation Group. Nice. And we'll put links to everything, of course, in the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com. Good to have you back on. I'm sure we're going to have you again sometime in the very near future as well. I look so forward to it. Other than the thing from before, any final thoughts for the listeners out there? So working within the quantum realm, because it has been a bit of a buzzword lately, right? The way that I understand it, and I do in fact come from a hardcore science background, applied psychology, but basically it's an invisible field of energy that carries information and frequency that we don't necessarily always sense with our primary five senses. So it's all around us. We are in it and it is in us. It is basically the same molecular chemical composite structure that the entire universe is made of. And so we are also made of that same structure. It makes sense that we communicate with everything at a level of frequency. And so to me, that's the quantum realm. It is the smallest particles of being that make up the largest consciousness of everything. Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for leaving your reviews online on your favorite podcast players and sharing this conversation in your ongoing growth as a hypnotic practitioner in this industry. And yes, keeping the conversation going with our incredible guests. Head over to the show notes, worksmarthypnosis.com. That's where you can find the link, not just to Chrissa Marie Bowman. Dot com, K-R-Y-S-S-A, the rest of it is spelled, as you would assume. Links and details at worksmarthypnosis.com. We'll also put a direct link to her uncensored hypnosis community, which is a phenomenal place to hang out. And then, again, check out worksmarthypnosislive.com. It's the all-access pass and guided tour through my Hypnotic Workers program. It also is a training with Richard Nongard. It also is a certification with the ICBCH, the International Certification Board of Coaches and Hypnotists. It also is the course that was designed to be kind of what would I wish I had when I began, where I knew a whole lot of great techniques, but the question was, how the heck do you put it all together? How do you customize on the fly? How do you have an actual professional conversation about what this process is and how it works in such a way that helps us to become so good we cannot be ignored? Watch the video tour, reserve your spot in the next event over at WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. 